1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: We have merch. Check out the americanglutton.net shop. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and more. A number of people have come up to me wearing American Glutton merch, and nothing fills my heart with more pride than seeing somebody in one of these t-shirts. And I've been stopped on the street and asked where to get it when somebody sees me in an American Glutton hoodie. Well, you can get it all at the shop on americanglutton.net. And my favorite t-shirt, yesterday it was tomorrow, right now, is up now, Get it while supplies last. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Blood. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. You know him. You love him. I love him. Today on American Glutton, I'm talking to Bob Harper. You can find him on Instagram at Bob Harper. Bob Harper, welcome to the American Glutton podcast. <laughs>
0: I'm so excited to talk to you.
2: Me too. We're doing it, bud. We've we've been on, Um, we've done lots of Zooms. We've hung out in person, but we haven't done anything official like this. So this is it. And, and do you kind of think that we're forming a friendship, you and me, Ethan? I feel like we're very old friends, in fact.
0: Yeah. You know, the very first time that you and I met uh, at that coffee shop, uh, down here in Soho. I was, re- uh, wait, are we recording this right now? We're
2: recording. We're in. This is it. <laughs> okay. This is the show.
0: Okay. Uh, and let me just, uh, I don't have to speak unfiltered. I don't have to speak filtered, correct?
2: No, you can say whatever you want.
0: Okay. So, uh, I think it's interesting for um, everyone to know that, uh, I was very excited to meet you for our, uh, for our coffee date. And, uh, I was interested in so many for so many reasons. One, I was really excited to see what you were going to order to to eat and or drink. You only had water.
2: sparkling water, there was carbon had, carbon infused water.
0: Yes, you had carbon infused water. Uh, I had uh, I had espresso and um, and there was no food. I felt I felt sorry for the waitress. At one point, because I felt like, uh, you know, I, I'm sure she wanted us to order something. But uh, so I was interested in that. And then I was also interested in seeing you in person because I've seen your transformation and uh, it's been fascinating for me. And uh, I, I had so many thoughts and questions uh, that I wanted to ask you about. But also, I just wanted to see what you looked like in in person. Well, and that was
2: the interesting thing to me, too, because, you know, in fairness, uh, the publicity photos or photos that are, uh, you know, um, handpicked over for social media, these things can be deceiving. So I I completely know what you're saying, and and I appreciated you saying that, too, because I have been in the situation before where, you know, sometimes massive weight loss doesn't look healthy you you see people and they look like they're like they're harming themselves to get to this
0: i think what it is is that when i see someone that has had drastic weight loss sometimes they're not it's not that they're not comfortable in their new skin but uh it's just it seems foreign they're uh, they're foreign to, to the outside world. And you had none of that. I thought you looked really healthy. I thought you were very handsome. True story. Sorry, Brandy. <laughs> or or good uh, good no, piece kudos,
2: of yeah, kudos to Brandy. Man. Yeah,
0: kudos to kudos. I mean, you know, look what she's got. Yeah. But uh yeah, I and then when I heard that the weight that you've had off, it's been uh you you hit that five year mark, which is I think a um it's a big telling sign. In my business, uh, there there's people that can you know lose weight, drop weight. It can happen, but it's the the keeping it off that I think is the hardest. I always say that to people. It's like you know what you want to lose weight. Losing weight is the easy part, but it's like as soon as you get on that scale and you're looking for that number that you want, or you're you're wanting to be in those jeans that you're just you just can't wait to be in. It's like. All that is well and good, but then you have to realize that you're getting up tomorrow morning and you know what? You got to keep doing it still over and over again.
2: Yeah, yeah, dude. I think about analogies for this all the time because I, I do think it's a hard thing to understand. And one of them I was thinking about recently and tell me if this makes sense to you. If, if I go like, I want $1 million in the bank and how am I going to do that? Okay. I got to go through all my bills and figure out where I'm wasting money figure out sources to make more money. And then I get to the million dollars and I look at it in my bank account and I'm overjoyed that I have a million dollars in the bank. And then the next day it starts to disappear because the whole goal was just getting it right. There was no part of that goal that was keeping it right. And because, you know, then you have a million bucks and you're like, well, I should live the way a person who has a million bucks cash lives. That means I can start to spend freely again, you know? It's very weird because I think we think these things like I'm going to get a million bucks in the bank and then my life is set forever. And I'm I'm sorry that money isn't going to last you very long unless you invest it. And then it's not in your uh, bank account anymore.
0: You know, I was about to say, I was about to say, unless you invest it.
2: Yeah. You're not making money on it in your safe. I mean, what bank's going to pay you, probably charge you to hold that money.
0: Okay, well, let's let's think about that a little further. Uh, you want to you, you get the million dollars. Uh, you want to keep it, uh, and so you do invest in it. Aren't we all investing in our bodies? So so we have to. We've got to. We got to play the game. We've got to do do all the things that we know we need to do. We need to. Uh, one quote that I use all the time is just trust the process, which can be very very difficult, and it's one of those isms that sometimes annoys me. Like I know that lifestyle change is something that annoys you. Yeah. Uh, and until, until you get to the point where like this, ah, fuck, I really do have to, I really do have to change my lifestyle if I want to keep this up. And it's one of those like isms that really works. It's like, you know, trust the process, know that you're going to, um, you're going to, it's, it's all going to work out if you just continue to, uh, just trust it and just uh, try to stay on track as as much as you possibly can.
2: Yeah. I I love trust the process and lifestyle change is one that still, still, you know, because for years I would hear lifestyle change and I would think, well, I, I stopped eating bread. I've done life. That's lifestyle change. You know, I used to eat bread and now I don't. And that's lifestyle change. And I think it's one of those hard things where, you know, in recovery, we say fake it till you make it. And that's another mm-hmm. one where it's just like, no, put one foot in front of the other and just do the thing that you believe is going to get you there. And eventually you'll find your way is kind of that thought process. But I do also think that we have this universe of diet and health where there's so much bad garbage information mhm that it's like, okay, trust the process. I've been not eating lectins now for three years and I'm I'm not losing weight. All I wanted to do was lose weight. I fell into that trap so many times. And it, you know, I think if people have the correct information, which is like, yeah, if you've got some autoimmune disease, maybe less lectins are screwing you up and you shouldn't eat mm-hmm. lectins. But just cutting lectins out aren't going to guarantee you weight loss so what are you really in this process for i think figuring that out why do you want a million bucks what do you want to do with that if you just want to look at the zeros in your bank account okay but if you don't continue to put those put that there it's going to disappear your bills are going to come and eat that money up and your life is going to come in and, and put the weight back on you so there's it's just so, it just gets so involved
0: yeah, I uh you, you you said something that uh sparked a, a thought in my head cuz I know that you and I come from different different paths. We uh, you know, our journeys are are different. I've never been morbidly obese. I am a person that is obsessed with weight. I'm obsessed with your weight. I'm obsessed with my weight. I uh, I am a person that weighs myself Every single day, I'm I'm crazy in in that way. It's just it's these things, these little things that work for me. And one thing that I've never been able to do, and I've done it, uh, or I've never been able to do it for the long haul. When I, because I've been on, like I've I've experimented with every diet, with every exercise. Like I have, I have treated myself as a guinea pig in the health and fitness world my whole career. And uh, you know, when everyone got got on the whole atkins thing and then it was um you know then it was keto and then uh, it's all like carb cutting carb cutting carb cutting uh that was something that i just could not do for the long haul because i sound like oprah winfrey right now when i say i love bread because i do and i want to find ways that i can again here's one of those uh one of those trigger words in our business of balance i found that Like macro counting was something that really worked for me. And I've talked and sat down with many people with eating disorders that like are obsessive. And I'm talking fit, fit people that are just like, I can't do macros because I become too obsessed. And I think about that and I've thought about it and I'm like, aren't we all obsessed? If we're all in this, in this fitness world, knowing you now, the way that I'm getting to know you, you're obsessed. You're obsessed with, you are obsessed. And like, we have to, we have to use our obsessions for, for good, right? It's like, it's like the superheroes out there. Are you going to use your powers for good or are you going to be, are you going to use it for evil? And uh, when I have found that I have been able to balance being able to eat like a sandwich for lunch, that sandwich makes me happy. It like, it affects my quality of life in a good way. And so for other people, it's different.
2: Yeah, no, I've become obsessive about moderation and the implementation of moderation. And to be honest with you, I'm such a, an extreme person Mm -hmm. that moderation seems to be the hardest thing for me. So it's a great obsession and it's a great game um, to go, you know, I'm going to eat bread today, that doesn't mean I'm going to eat a loaf of bread. I'm going to have two pieces of bread and I'm going to turn them into a sandwich because I too enjoy sandwiches and I'm going (laughs) to get super creative. You know, Who knew I liked sliced cucumbers on a sandwich, but turns out I do. I'm not going to beat myself up about the lectins in those cucumbers because they don't seem to be having a huge effect on my life. Mm -hmm. They're not making me fat, which was my biggest priority. And I don't have a host of autoimmune disease that I'm trying to handle, you know, but, but yeah, I, I agree there. Obsession is, you know, and I, I hate to frame it that way simply because there are people who are, who are going to be like, I'm out, you know, I want, yep. I want a quick fix or I'm not going to participate.
0: And, and, and I would say to that person, then you should be out. Yeah. Because I can be your biggest cheerleader cheerleader. I, I, like i have worked with overweight people for many many years i can i can lead a horse to water but i can't make him drink right so um if if you're looking for that quick fix then you need to know whatever it is that you're doing in that quick fix phase quick fix phase uh you have to know that all that hard work and dedication for that short period of time is going to is going to fall by the wayside. I mean, you're just, you you can't keep that up. So I always try to find, especially now in my life, I'm, oh my God, how am I? How, how old am I? I'm about to be 59 this year. Um, you look
2: incredible,
0: you know, Bob. Well, you know, I look better on Zoom, <laughs> but you know, I try to find the things that I can do in my life at this age that I can feel good about myself. Because for when I hit, when I got into my 40s and uh, early 50s, I remember just thinking, wait a minute, I want to be the guy that I was in my 20s, in my 30s. Like, I want to be that guy. And and when I came to um, the realization that I might not be able to be that guy anymore, but I can be you know, this guy. And uh, it was, it, 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 almost, well, it took me not only having a heart attack uh, almost seven years ago uh, and going into cardiac arrest to have that like very big wake up um, moment where I'm like, okay, I have to learn how to pivot and pivot has become a word that I use a lot. And I've been using for the past several years.
2: Yeah. I like that. I like that idea of pivot. I too am, you know, when I I've I've gone through iterations of obsessions, as we talk about obsession, I was mm-hmm. obsessed with cycling. And when you talk about um, people you've seen who have undergone massive weight loss and then been uncomfortable in their skin, when I was 200, close to 200 pounds, I didn't know who I was. Like, I, mm-hmm. I was unrecognizable to myself. I felt frail and I felt um, I just it, it wasn't me. And. It was very hard for me to exist especially because it was I I had gotten there by just doing a ton of cardio mm-hmm. and that was not sustainable so any days that I missed multiple hours of cardio I would feel myself getting fatter because I was And I was also basically starving myself, also not sustainable. So anytime I, the hunger would become too much and I'd break and I'd eat, I'd get, I'd feel, you know, you could feel it. So there was that struggle, but then there was also the struggle of like, I don't know myself at this size and it was Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. I'm far more comfortable with myself. Now I'm heavier than I should be on the BMI scale, but I'm like happy at this weight and in the beginning of this iteration, I was obsessively lifting weights and trying to build muscle. And then I went like, what's the end result of that? Am I going to be a bodybuilder? Am I going right. to be, you know, like, you know, there was one little voice in the back of my head that was going like, build muscle to fill up loose skin. And, when uh-huh. I, and then I actually sat down one day and did the calculation of like, okay, I weighed 500 pounds, 500 plus pounds. Muscle is denser and heavier than fat. So if I want to stretch my skin out enough with muscle to fill up all the room that it had grown out for the fat, I'm going to have to be like 800 pounds. This is, yeah. this is not realistic. This is yeah, not safe. Those,
0: yeah. Those numbers don't make any sense. That's why uh, the the friends that I have and the people that I've worked with that went uh, that that had skin removal surgery. First of all, I mean, supposed to be so painful, but it's just that moment where, you know, a person that weighs five, six hundred pounds, their their goal could be and they've lost all this weight. Their goal is to just be able to like go to the beach with their with their wife or their husband and just take off their shirt and just kind of like feel like a, you know, quote unquote normal person. And uh you know, it's like, I I, I really have like empathy for, for people that have those. And I say simple goals in, in the nicest possible way. Because it's like, you know, we all just want to, we all want to kind of just look as good as we can possibly look. And that's another thing I tell people so much as far as when it comes to looking the way you want to look. And there's all this social media out there and all these influencers that are just like, giving you what you say, this garbage information. And uh, you're, you you want to just kind of say, you've got to be able to be the best you that you can possibly be. Find something that you can sustain. Find something that you feel good about. When you said you weren't good, you, you weren't good with yourself, didn't know yourself when you were in that sub 200, but you feel like you feel healthier and you feel like it's more attainable for you to to live not starving yourself and not like running your body into the ground with cardio
2: yeah yeah i just an anecdote about the social media people i have daughters and i have one daughter who's constantly sending me um images of some girl saying like this is the perfect ass and i'm like Mm -hmm. okay and she's like no but you don't understand dad all I have to do is eat raw dairy to get this ass, and I'm like, this is <laughs> this is madness. This is complete Ugh. madness, you know. Like, I I don't think the raw dairy is gonna have any effect whatsoever on your ass. It's yeah. Girl has a great genetic ass, and she probably does a lot of dips or something like that. I don't know, or squats or whatever. hip Squats. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But also, like, have you seen a really lean, muscular ass. They don't look that great. They're weird. You know, you want a little fat on there and the, 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 the squats aren't doing anything to build fat
0: on your ass. They're building muscle. So like, what are right. we
2: talking about here? It's, I crazy. know it's, I, uh,
0: you know, I, I think about like all those, all those fat diets that are out there and all those crazy things. And I will say one thing positive about, some of these like extreme kind of, uh, ways of eating. Uh, and the one positive thing I would say is like, it's getting people to think about what they're eating Yeah. where before, you know, uh, there's all this mindless eating out there, right? You're just like that, that Pavlov's uh, dog that just drives past. It sees a drive through and is just like, Oh my God, I want it. I'm one of these people. I could be watching a cooking show and they're, they're making some, I don't know, lasagna or something. I'm like, I, God damn it. I really want some lasagna right now. It's like, yeah. I understand uh, that mentality. But like when people start these diets, Whole30, Mediterranean, whatever it is, it gets people thinking about what they're eating, when they're eating. And uh, and I would hope that it could it could start uh, a different pattern because we all, like everything is a routine. Like you, you're, the way that you eat, the way that you exercise, it is a routine. It is a habit. And you've got this habit and it's it just like you work with it all the time. And like, I'm the exact same way. I am a creature of habit. I do, uh, I, I love my workouts that I do every day. I eat pretty much the same thing all the time. I, yeah, and then it too. becomes very it becomes very cyclical and when I uh, when I talk with people I'm like, "Oh, I'm just so bored with the way I eat." I'm like, "Well, don't look for there to be some party in your mouth every single time you eat because that's just not the case. I mean, find different ways to work with uh, uh the the food that you're cooking because I think that a lot of times when I talk to uh, when I see a person or I talk to a person that has that fit, healthy body that the girl that has, um, the ass that your daughter's talking about. I really want to sit down with her off camera and just be like this, break it down. Right. Tell me what, what you're are you doing? Eating. Yeah. What are you doing? I right. want to know what you're eating on the daily. And when I talk to those people that have those kind of like, you know, fit, beautiful bodies more times than not, they're, they're, they're eating and their workout regimes are very, or regimens are very minimalist. You yeah. know, they're, they're very basic,
2: but they're, but they're consistent.
0: That's right. It's yeah. all about consistency, right?
2: Yeah. I, this is the, this is the fascinating thing. Cause I love thinking about all of this, but it's like, I do so much in my life on autopilot. I don't think about brushing my teeth. Occasionally my wife will introduce a new brand of toothpaste before the last brand is out. And that will be the only decision i consciously make is like am i gonna try this new one before i've run out of our crest and but otherwise it's just like no i get up and i do that that thing Mm -hmm. happens i ate on autopilot too like you said i wanted a party in my mouth all the time like my big (laughs) decision would come down to like do i feel more like wendy's right now or mcdonald's that would be the point of decision i was making but i wanted a burst of fat and sugar and and flavor in my mouth with every meal in order to relearn and create new habits like you got to catch a lot of this automatic stuff and figure out new ways to get around it. Like it requires a lot of work. It isn't just don't eat bread for me. Like maybe somebody stops eating bread and that saves their life and they achieve all their goals. I haven't met that person. I haven't, I've not run into that person. Um, but like Trying to undo, you know, it'd be like if I kept getting speeding tickets and uh, I decided like I'm going to change the way I drive simply by adhering to the speed limit. How long would that last before you're speeding again? You know, it's I, I, I'm not I'm not all of the movements of driving a car are done mostly on autopilot. If there's traffic, I make a decision to f- figure out an alternate r- route and then I go back onto autopilot eating. Is much the same for me Mm -hmm. i i had to spend a couple of years like really thinking about every single thing that could involve decision
0: autopilot is uh the devil's playground right i mean you're just once you disconnect from the mind whatever it is that you're doing like you're not present you're not present with it you don't realize that uh if you're in the car driving home and you have, uh, I don't know, cookies or something and you're eating like, you don't, you don't even realize you're you've eaten a thousand calories before you got home for dinner. Yeah. It's like, it's one of those things. Or it's like, Oh my God, I've had a a real shit day and I just want to sit. And I, I I understand this. I come home. Sometimes I'm just like, I want to get on my sofa. I want to like eat my dinner Watch television, not talk and just like just check out. Mm -hmm. And uh and I have to really work on that. And it's something it, it I have to be very present. And one thing I do here, I live here in New York City and um I teach these hot yoga classes and I love it. I'm obsessed. I'm completely obsessed with it. And with the practice that I do, it is the same every single day. You know, it's these 26 postures. We do them with two breathing, one of them, one of the beginning, one in the end. I know exactly what I'm doing. Every single time I go into that fucking room and I'm on that fucking mat. I know, and what it is such a life lesson for me every single day. I just did it today, where I have to be in not even the moment of the class, I have to be in the second of it. And and it helps me mentally. I don't have to like fast forward into my life. I I don't need to um I don't need to obsess about whatever it is I I need to be thinking about. I just need to be in the present. And that translates to so many things in my life being able to appreciate when it is time for me to eat. like when I, when you and I are done today, I am looking over at my lunch. I am just like I cannot wait to To eat my lunch, and it is going to be just a celebratory experience. And, like, and it, like, for some people, my lunch is not going to be anything that excites them, but for me, it is. And so, being able to find those little joys that also keeps my habits and keeps my routines going on the daily.
2: Do you notice? Do you, did you ever eat poorly, Bob? Were you ever, were you ever a fast food guy?
0: I grew up in the South, right? Uh, but I, but I will say, I think about this. Okay. I'm going to answer your question, but it's going to give me a minute to get to the, uh, to the answer. I grew up in the South, grew up on a, on a cattle farm in Tennessee. We, we didn't go to the grocery for pretty much anything except, um, I want to say some like dairy products because it wasn't a, it wasn't a dairy farm. It was a cattle farm. We had our own garden. So like, our food was very um, minimally touched by uh, by uh, the big corporations. So if I think about it like that, I ate very clean, whatever that means, whatever right. clean eating is like, um, that's how I ate. So I grew up eating. I, I I didn't have a weight problem. It wasn't until I was out on my own and, you know, I did not have a lot of money. I was, you know, I was to say that I was on a budget was uh, a real joke because I remember working uh, when I was young. I I wasn't able to go to college. I couldn't afford it. Uh, I worked at a bank, and um, and I got paid once a month. And I remember it was eight hundred dollars a month. And then when taxes came out, I can't remember. It was around six hundred ish that I had to live on for a month and so it was like i knew my rent was 300 i knew i had to buy my bus ticket to get to work and that was i want to say 45 and so the the food everything else was for food and uh it was a lot cheaper to eat shitty food
3: yeah. and
0: so which which really sucks when you think about it so i understand being able to how hard it is to eat healthy when you're on a budget but then I got to the point where I found, you know, I found the frozen vegetables in the, in the grocery store. And I was like, okay, I'll start doing that. I, it, Bottom line is I had to start preparing my own food. And I started doing that you know, from the jump of my life uh, as an adult. And, and that really helped me be uh, healthier. But like, yeah, there were times where I, I would eat Taco Bell was my uh, was my thing. Like I loved Taco Bell, but I I haven't been in a fast food restaurant. I I have not been in a fast food restaurant in I don't know twenty five years. Wow, I don't like it's just not it's not on my radar, and I just feel like uh, you know living in New York. I I mean I can if I'm gonna have a slice of pizza, I know where I'm gonna get a good slice. Yeah, like the food that I like, I love French food. I love Italian food. I love Mexican food. Like I'm going to eat those foods and and they're going to be worth it for me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit and eat, I don't know, a bag of Oreo cookies or something and just be like looking for the quick fix. I'm like, I'm going to have that conversation in my head of like, come on because i feel like i'm a little like i'm a little bit more lenient with myself than you are with yourself but even that in that yeah,
2: maybe but in that leniency <laughs> i find that some separation like a real period of time spent away from that stuff and i'm now craving vegetables and leaner meats And non-processed foods, because I feel, I feel actually better. Of course you do. When I eat them and when I eat the other stuff, which is really, really seldom, I don't feel well. It becomes, you know, it's very weird. Like way more people are dying every year from obesity related disease, heart disease. Heart disease is like a massive killer than they are from smoking cigarettes and lung cancer. Mm. Like that's still killing people, but but we've utterly demonized cigarettes like it's it's taboo basically you, i mean you can smoke on the street but you can't smoke indoors pretty much anywhere in america mm-hmm. and and like this is a thing i don't think a cigarette is going to kill anybody i don't think that that's the case just like i don't think a snickers bar is going to kill anybody or a meal at taco bell but our our interaction with it isn't a meal at Taco Bell. It's like becomes the majority of how we eat.
1: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands.
0: I know, uh, well, first of all, I wanted to say that one part that made me giggle uh, before you said all the great things that you just said. When I said, is it fair, uh, is that a fair statement? I love that your voice went up an octave when you said, maybe. (laughs) Uh, I thought that was funny. Okay. Um, So uh, I know that there are people that will argue uh, food addiction. You you can't be addicted to food. I'm like, this. I mean, I think it can, like, trigger So for maybe uh, there is a population of people that has that one snicker bar and then then they're like, oh my God, I'm going to eat six snicker bars. And then I'm going to just say, and and then I've realized that I've like fucked up my diet completely. And then I'm just going to just go all in. I know people that have that mentality where, oh, you think I fucked up my diet? I'm going to lean in so hard and I'm going to show you just how much. I'm going to fuck this up. And it's like, you know, it's like the cut your nose off to spite your face kind of thing. And like, I understand that way of thinking too. It's like, I have had people that I've worked with say, uh, be careful with Bob because he will cut his nose to spite his face. (laughs) Right. Right. So, so uh, it's, it's what that one snicker bar could trigger uh, the domino effect uh, with some, with a lot of people.
2: Yeah. No, I'm that way. I can't, I can't smoke a cigarette. If I smoked a cigarette, I would be smoking two packs per day in no time. I actually, there's a McDonald's not far from my house. And it seems like maybe it's the most popular McDonald's on the planet because no matter what time of day I drive by it, there's a line that loops around. Like you can't see the end of the line. Mm -hmm. And I'm, 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 I have mixed emotions when I see it. Part of me, I'm like, I don't feel good about it. I feel like it's a big contributor to obesity and I don't think that food is very healthy. And then there's another part of me that's going like, look at those people living their lives the way they want to live. them Just, just experiencing whatever, you know, when I see a person smoking cigarettes, I feel like envious a little bit.
0: Do, it's interesting. Do you want to know what I feel when I see the lines um, at the fast food or I see the person, i um, smoking. I go more toward, I wonder what they're going through right now. Right. I, I go, I go that route. Yeah. You know, I don't, I I'm not envy as much as I'm more empathetic and I go, Oh my God, did that girl, did that girl have a really rough day? Did her husband just like cheat on her? Yeah. You know, I, I go, I go to that dark place and yeah. they're just like, they just need, they need to be medicated from, uh, from whatever it is they're feeling with those food choices that they're making. Yeah. Uh, and then the other side of it is maybe they're just like, you know what, I've got $5 in my pocket and that's all I have right now. And, and that's what I'm doing. So, I mean, I mean there are
2: some nice cars at the McDonald's near my house. There are some fancy cars, those people, <laughs> and, you know, but I, and, and I, 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 I like your point of Fair view. Enough. Like I appreciate your point of view. I think that is way more generous than mine but i then think like realistically also a lot of them are just on autopilot you know and this yeah. is just what they do this is just their food you know they don't have um, time to make food and this is how they're eating
0: there was one thing that i did on loser uh for all those years uh cuz you know we were we we were in an extreme situation very extreme like working out uh working out several hours a day you know being being very aware of every single calorie that you consumed. Uh, but there was always one day a week where uh, it would just be like, it would be the, the, and you want to talk about trigger phrase. I hate those, the, the phrase, like the cheat meal. Right, I'm having my cheat meal. It it used to be the cheat day. And then people were like, okay, there's, we can not, blow we, the we, week we, in a day. No problem. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I would give, uh, I give my, uh, my people their, their cheat meal. Like, what do you want? Like, it, it would almost be like the dangling carrot, right? Like, okay. it's so like, like get through all this hard work and we know it's hard. And, you know, uh, it's like uh, we're trying to like in this extreme discipline, just trying to, uh, or extreme situation, trying to build up some sort of discipline and then also go, you, you don't always have to be this way. So whatever it is you want, you, I'm going to bring you in. You tell me you want pizza, burritos, you know, whatever it is. And they would get it. And, and a lot of times, and I'm sure you know this, the more, the healthier you eat, the more your body really responds to that really crappy food Where before you're, you're constantly being medicated. It's a, a, it's one of those slow drips, right? Yeah. Where you don't realize, how shitty you feel when you are eating shitty food on the daily so when you start taking that out and uh incorporating healthier foods you kind of like det- detox it uh detox off of it and then when when that day comes around and you're like oh my god why I feel so lethargic I'm t- tired my stomach hurts like you know and then you hope that like uh, they can remember that feeling uh when it's time for them to make their own choices
2: dude this is something i've wanted to see on survivor because i love survivor i loved your show my favorite show
0: yeah survivor
2: when they have those giant all you can eat buffets they never show Post meal distress. They never show somebody who gets diarrhea from it. They never show somebody throw up. They never show somebody feel bloated. They, it's crazy. But when, I, when I, I I mean, I look at that and I'm like, I bet after you're starving for a while, that's fun to do, but you probably get wrecked after you eat like that. Grilled cheese sandwiches on a desert island, I would be in so much pain.
0: Me too. Let me tell you, uh, I survivor is. Like arguably my favorite show, I love it. Um, I do need Jeff probes to um, quit talking so much during the challenges. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, I find if I would be in those challenges, I would just be like, shut up, shut up, Jeff. I'm trying to focus on holding on to something forever. Anyway, um, so I I know people that have worked on those sh- uh, on that show, and we've had that conversation. And uh, I guess what happens is there's a lot of people going into uh, the water and having like, you know, really terrible, terrible bowel movements. Like they were like, Oh my God, you just kind of see them in the water. Just got to edit
2: that out. Wow. Yes. The little cloud following them. Holy shit. I never thought of that, but yeah, that would be me for sure. If I went from eating nothing to eating a gigantic greasy meal, I'd have
0: diarrhea for two days. Do you want to know what else I loved about Survivor? Uh, Because, I mean, give me a transformation any day of the week. And like, I was always obsessed with seeing the people that made it all the way to the end, just how fast they lost weight and (laughs) like And they're just, they're dirty and they're like, all of a sudden, you know, the girls and guys abs start coming in and, you know, and they're basically living on, you know, water and rice. And and I always say to people, I'm like, see, people think that um, carbs are bad. That's all they're eating. Like, you know, there's a population of the, of the whole world that just eats rice and they don't have weight problems. I mean, (laughs) the,
2: the, the high fat people look. I'm super supportive of any diet that somebody finds useful and workable, and they like. I don't like all the proselytization of like everybody should do this because it's uh. that, you know if if it worked for everybody, we we would have cured. It would be done. There would be no more obesity. Everybody's heard about keto, you know, or, or the majority of the people in America, I suspect, have heard mm-hmm. about this. Like carbs are bad, okay, um, but you you know protein your body can turn protein into glucose. So whether you're eating meat or, you know, rice, if your body needs glucose and it's getting enough energy, it's going to create glucose and it it's just a chemical. And so it's yeah. in your blood as the same thing, you know? That's one of these things that never makes sense to me like you can't eat carbs because they poison you and it's bad for you. no, your body needs it and you give your body enough energy, it's going to figure out glucose from one of these sources.
0: Yeah, when I was uh years ago, I was doing a lot of Olympic lifting. It was my favorite thing in the uh in the world to do. And I had my own coach, his name is Michael Casey, one of the best coaches I've ever had. Uh and you know, we talked so much about diet because as you know, your workouts in a day, let's say the most, let's say you're working out for two hours a day, you know, three hours a day, you still got 22 hours in this day. You've got 20, you know, three hours in this day. Yes, workout, working out is very important, but it's what you're doing the rest of the day that really matters. And uh, those times where I would come in and I would try to like carb deplete because I had a, a, photo shoot coming up. Uh, Oh my God. He would just be like this girl. You can't even get that bar over your head right now. I mean, you're just like, you're, you're, you're dying. Like my body, my body. And I know that everybody's there. My body needs that glucose needs like, like right after a workout, I need that. That's the one time I'm really big in balancing, right? Like I'm being on, I'm getting protein, fat, and carbs uh, all the time after i work out that's the one time that i don't put um fat on my um on my diet i keep it protein and carbs yeah. uh, but other than that like you know it, it it's all in there
2: yeah the the I w- i'm with you the my biggest carb uh, meal of the day is for sure after a workout
0: yeah yeah and you just and feel I- so much like you you just feel so much better. You can have, you can have a great workout. You can, uh, you can perform better. And it doesn't,
2: you know, if I'm also in a, I get into these weird zones too, where it's like, I I can, and I have many times worked out so hard that the rest of the day is shot and I've destroyed it. And what's the point? And, and, and so like in an effort to not do that, one of the things that has been really useful is to give my body back the energy I've spent in the gym in the form of carbohydrates because they go right into your muscles. You're not storing that as fat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's just, you want to enlighten people. You want to give them the information. You want to see like what information they can um, grasp onto and, and what they can't. Uh, and I think that uh, the more it is, you can spoon feed it to people, uh, the better it is in the long haul. I mean, like, look at the things we're talking about, right? We're, we're talking about these things that in the health and fitness world have been discussed for years and years that there's like, I mean, I don't even know how many trillions of dollars, uh, the health and fitness, uh, business generates, uh, every single year. It's like, and now with, uh, all these, all these ozempics and um wogovies all these things that are out there you know people are still just looking for looking for the 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 uh, the secret to it all when if you've talked to people that have been conscious of their health and diet and their fitness throughout the years you know you have to realize that there's got to be a caloric deficit you got to find ways that you can like eat Eat less if you are trying to lose weight, like you've got to like you've got to have that calorie expenditure. And when you have the deficit, weight's gonna come off.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it and it, the the wagovies and the mangiurnos and the zepp hounds and all the new fangled things. I, I really hope people understand because I I have I know some people who have gotten onto these recently and they're doing like two month stints on them. And that, that is worrisome to me because if you, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to produce any better results than any crash diet. It just might be more less painful. It might be an easier crash diet.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, a lot of times the medication is uh, getting people to just eat less. Right. And in the future will uh, insurance companies make it more uh, accessible to the bigger population i know that it's a very it's very expensive and so all of a sudden you talk to people like well i'll just be on it forever i mean this is we're talking about the population of people that can afford to be on this forever mm-hmm. and you know i'm i'm thinking about all the people that i've worked with throughout the years you know that don't have insurance that uh you know can't have that magic medication and you've got to be able to still get their head in the game like okay this is this is the path and if this path is not right for you or if you are not an option for you what is an option for you and I think like giving people you still got to give people hope right and not feel like oh my god well I can't afford this this magic drug so you know what fuck it
2: right yeah the, the fuck it is sad um, mm-hmm. and, and I, I do think like you know I've not met and I've not had like a real heart to heart with an overweight person who, who never thought about who, ne- who didn't have this as some kind of a, a goal, even if it, even if they'd had so many failures, they'd given up on it. But mm-hmm. it, it, you know, when I, when I see young girls today who are overweight, but very proud of their bodies, I like that. That that feels yeah. better to me than the shame that I knew as a kid and that was more socially acceptable to discourage people from. So we've come into a weird place where possibly the next generation really doesn't think about it. But everybody my age or around my age, I don't know of one person who's overweight who doesn't want to be overweight, who wants to be a, a healthy weight. And the, the hopelessness is hard.
0: Yeah. And don't you think uh, one thing that I try to tell people all the time is there's no one healthy body image. Healthy bodies comes comes in all shapes and sizes. And if your doctor and you are at a weight and a body composition that it keeps, you, keeps your blood pressure low, your triglycerides down, all the sugar number, every single um, number that's out there, if your doctor says, you're healthy, then great. Like that to me is way more important than just, I've got to be a size four or whatever, two,
2: to this story. You'll like this. And this is speaks to the, to the, the inability to like, I I know that I agree with you. I, 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 that's a, that's the message that we should be pushing out. That's what people, but similar to the lifestyle change. It's like, until you do it, you can't understand that. I was a huge fan of your show. I was, this was during my cycling stint. So this is like maybe 2011, 240 pounds. And I have no idea what my body fat percentage is. I have no idea what a healthy weight is. So I go, I'm going to go see the best doctor who knows all about this. And I'm going to get him to tell me how much I should weigh. And I know what he's going to say. He's going to say, I need to lose 20 pounds. I go to see Huizenga. I said, yeah, I and Heizenga looks at me and he goes, oh, you got a lot more than 20 pounds to lose. And so I'm crushed. And he says, first thing we're going to do, we're going to give you a DEXA scan. Go. I do the DEXA scan. Come back to his office. He comes back. He's looking at it. He goes, this is a mistake. You got to do another DEXA scan. I'm like, "Okay, go and do another. And DEXA scans are not quick. It's like 20 or 30 minutes with this machine checking, like pulsing over you. Come back to his office. And he says, I was wrong you don't need to lose any weight. You're 14% body fat. You can be done. You're totally, you're totally healthy. And I thought, no, he's wrong. I need to lose 20. pounds. (laughs) So even when the expert tells me you're done, you're fine. Maintain this weight. I can't do it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's your issue, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. But it's that thing of like all bodies come in shapes and sizes. I for so long was comparing myself to others and going yeah. that person looks that normal, you know, normal person over there looks different than I look. I need to look like them and then I'll feel good about myself. I never right. felt good about myself.
0: And do you feel good about yourself now? I I feel
2: I will say I feel better about myself, but I I practice daily positive affirmations and talking to myself in a kinder way. And I wasn't doing that back then. I'd never even considered doing that back Mm -hmm. then. Um, But I catch myself still all the time being negative towards myself.
0: Yeah, uh, man, it's that tape recorder in our heads, right? It's like, you just hear that. I remember uh, I've talked to people before, and I did it on the show uh, many times. It's like, if you listen to those voices that are in your head talking about yourself, I mean, you have to realize that those voices, that 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 voice in your head, I mean, he's a liar. He's a terrible, terrible person. I mean, you know, uh, the things that you are able to say about yourself, you would never dream of saying that to anyone else. Right. So it's like, once you, and I'm not saying you, but the, the the general you, once you kind of, and this is gonna sound very hokey, uh but I don't care. Uh once you can find that like self-respect and that self-love and to realize I'm just doing the best I can. And if you in fact are, then that's how you get to change that tape recorder in your head. It's like, but it it, it is a daily effort, just like you said. You got to think about it all the time. I have a little mantra that I say to myself on those really hard days where I'm just like, I don't want to work out. Like I'd gone through a, a depression several, uh, several months ago. That was just like leaving me incapacitated. Like I had lost, um, my dog and it was, it was the hardest thing I've ever gone through and continues to be, but getting to that, that moment of where you said a lot of a people say, fake it till you make it, which I think is a, a, a great phrase. Um, mine, mine was like, don't think just do. Yeah. Don't, don't think just do don't think just do and I would have to say that over and over again as I'm putting on my you know bike shorts to get on my peloton bike or you know, to get out of the house and just go to to go to the gym that's three blocks away like don't think just do don't think just do and I I, I would just get myself to that place and sure enough uh, as we all in the fitness business say in the health business it's like you're gonna feel so much better afterwards. And you know, when when you take your own medicine and it really does work, you're like, okay, you know what? Maybe I do kind of know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's the best, man. Yeah. I, I, you know, that that is what the gym has become for me very much. It is the place that I go. It's like church, you know, and I you hear that a lot. And that's another probably the trite thing that's bandied about. But I go. And when I leave, I am a different person. And the Mm -hmm. rest of the day benefits. All the people I interact with benefit. My wife, my children, business people, everyone benefits. And I benefit because I'm happier. And it's and it's a very odd thing because drugs and alcohol would make me elated for a very short period of time and then have a negative effect on everyone around me and leave me feeling awful at the end of it. But I always wanted to do them. There wasn't ever a day I woke up not wanting to do drugs and alcohol. I wake up all the time knowing I'm going to feel better after the gym, but I don't want to go. And right. and like you said, one foot in front of the action, don't just act, don't think, and you get through it. And after you It becomes easier to do it, to, to act on that. The more Mm -hmm. you do it, you get into a a hat, you create a habit and you just know, okay, I feel like garbage now I'm going to feel better. So I'm going to go do that thing.
0: And you know, it's like when I talk about, or when you and I talk about our isms, our, our ways, our obsession, like these, this is all the information that I want us to be able to like, to give to those people that live like in in the biggest, the biggest uh, cities, the, the people that are the, the the most overweight in these cities and kind of like come in, because I feel like, feel like you and I have a lot to say about these, these things. And it, it all comes down to just discipline. It's empathy. It's passion. I think that like what you have uh, and I have, we have a passion for it. Like, yeah. and it's wrapped up and it's wrapped up in different, um, different packages, but at the end of the day, you and I are speaking the exact same thing in two different POVs.
2: I agree. Yeah, we could be great cheerleaders, Bob. If we could go, you know, imagine if we went into somebody's house and just said, here's lots of things you could try and we'll root you on.
0: I I just wonder who would be the um, who'd be the tougher one out of the two of us? <laughs> I
2: think you would be.
0: I don't know anymore. I don't know. Maybe I've gotten soft in my old age. I listen to you, like you. The last time you and I had a, a Zoom call, uh, I said to you, and I don't know if you remember this. I was going to use you to get me to go to the gym more because I like I'm fixated on my. Like I live in New York City. I I, I track my 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 steps. I do my hot yoga, and I'm like, oh my god. I used to go to the gym every single day. Now I'm going to like, I'm going to think like uh, Ethan, just think like Ethan, think like Ethan and just like get to the gym. And like, I go to the gym now and sometimes I curse your name. (laughs) Maybe my workouts consist of like, you know, I don't want to say an old person's work, but I I literally, I'm just like, Hey, you know what? I just need to do some push pull. Just let's just do some push pull today, Bob. Yeah. Like, and I used to, I used to live in a CrossFit gym. I used to go to the gym all the time.
3: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
0: Like, and it just that habit changed since my heart attack. And so now I'm like getting back. And it's like, you know, gotta, I gotta think like Ethan. Think like Ethan. I love it that's so amazing sometimes yeah. i think you're a real asshole ethan well thank you i appreciate that i like being that asshole for you that's that gives
2: me nothing but pleasure fucking ethan ah. bob this has been amazing thank you so much
0: <laughs> i think you're the best i really do i i i look forward to many more conversations with you me too talk soon
1: okay and now for the q a Hi, Ethan. Here's a question for you from Micah. Hi, Micah. He asks, when did you bite the bullet and get brand new clothes? I've lost a lot of weight recently and just about all of my clothes don't fit right anymore. Did you use new clothes as an incentive to stay in a certain weight range? That was my plan.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I had for the longest time many various sizes of clothes in my uh, closet. What's the weird room that holds your clothes? That's what I was thinking. Just now. <laughs> um, The weird tiny room that holds all your clothes. I'm trying to think, you know, I, for, for a while, I just wore baggy clothes, but then it does get to the point where it's so insane. You know, I could probably stand in one pant leg of my, largest pair of pants. Um, because I was twice the size I am now. Um, and I'm trying to think of the first time I ever went out. I can remember more vividly the first time I bought clothes at a regular store. The first time I went into like a department store and bought a suit because up until then, um, it was all big and tall man stores or Rochester or ordering stuff online. I feel like I've been to a a Walmart or a target recently to buy t-shirts and seen larger sizes. When I was a kid, there were just small, medium and large, and I couldn't really shop at any of those stores from the time I was like 10 on, we would go to a big and tall man shop. Um, And I know they still have that. There's still Rochester, big and tall. There's uh, DXL, I think, specializes in larger sizes. And I'm just trying to think of the first time I went out and bought new clothes. I cannot remember that first time so well. It was nearly 20 years ago. um, And I think for a while I just wore loose clothes. And yes, I definitely wanted that to be a, a motivating factor to um not gaining weight and I would go so far sometimes to throw all my other clothes away unfortunately I just found myself having to re- reuse larger sizes or rebuy bigger sizes um quite a few times and even now I have a number of suits in my closet that don't fit me and I just haven't gotten rid of them um, yeah, it's a crazy thing to think about because like there's a fear of weight gain um, and not having clothes to wear, you know, and like, I don't really wear suits very often. So those are things that I'm hesitant to get rid of because God forbid I need a suit and I've gained some weight and, you know, I'm not paying attention. It's not like what I wear every day. So you notice more in like the pants or the type of pants you wear every day. If you wear jeans and your jeans get tight, you got to get a new pair of jeans. But like, if you haven't put a suit on in eight months, who knows if it's going to fit, you know, for me, I go into it almost every time a little bit scared. Um, So geez, um, I don't, I don't have great advice. Cause this is something I failed at so many times. And, and even today I buy like, extra large shirts tend to be the shirts that I wear. But if I find a shirt I really like, I buy extra large and double extra large for two reasons. One, they shrink a little bit in the wash and then they become unwearable after a while. And two, like sometimes I, I I perceive myself to be heavier than I want. And wearing a larger shirt makes me feel less fat. Um, a of, yeah, clothes are tricky. Do you have clothes things, Paige? I mean, I've heard you refer to jeans as fat jeans. I've heard you say, oh, yeah. that. and I don't mean like genetic jeans. Gene yeah, patterns.
1: right. <laughs> Probably no. I yeah, I did get those too. No, I um, I totally was gonna say it's such a tricky thing. I'm in that m- place right now where I'm in the middle of something because I'm on a downward, you know, trend, and it's like certain stuff doesn't fit me anymore. It's too big. That's great. And I thought should I just get rid of this? And then no, there was the voice in the back of my head that was like, why would you get rid of it? This isn't permanent. It's so crazy. But to the point of wanting to buy new clothes, um, it's so, I really relate to this question. It's just like, I do think there is something to kind of rewarding yourself since I'm so used to rewarding myself with food or things like that, or you know, a night or a drink or whatever. There is something to rewarding yourself with like a new pair of jeans or one cute dress or one item or something, right? Even if you're like on the way to losing more, which is my personal plan, right? I still have a ways to go to get to my goals. So I'm like, okay, do I buy clothes right now? Do I spend money when I'm going to be smaller? You know, it's so, but I do think there is something nice to validating yourself with like a nice thing, even if you're on your way still to losing, you know what I mean? I don't mean nice thing as in expensive per se i just mean like yeah buy one new pair of jeans or buy one new shirt or whatever and cuz there's some nice um yeah there's pleasure in that you know what i mean satisfaction of like oh wow i fit into this that's pretty cool but um i really relate to what you're saying of keeping multiple sizes and stuff it's like it's it's but you know maybe the best thing to do is fully commit and get rid of those bigger things and because cause for me, the barometer a lot of times is like, oh, my God, my jeans are tight. I need to get my stuff back together, you know? So if you have those bigger clothes, are you allowing yourself the option of gaining the weight back?
2: Yeah. No, I, I mean, I like that as an idea. I I can't say like with any honesty that I was ever truly successful at that. Yeah. I guess I've gone the longest time where I haven't needed to buy new clothes. Like I haven't outgrown my clothes. I've been able to wear the same clothes for about five years now. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, even as I say that, I know I have backups in my closet, you know, and, and the only reason I have backups in my closet is because when I did get rid of clothes and buy all new clothes. I then had to again, defeatedly go out and buy larger clothes, which was so upsetting that I just, you know, the next time around stopped getting rid of clothes. And we have boxes of clothes that, uh, that don't fit me anymore that my wife wants to throw away. And I'm like, no, keep them in the garage, save them for a rainy day. You know? right? Yeah. Um, which is kind of stupid, I guess. I might go throw them away today. (gasps) Do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, do it. Donate them. That's a great idea. Um, Yeah, it's tricky, but I do love the idea of if you reach your goal, going out, getting some new stuff, feeling good. You know what I mean? Because that is really, it's so nice when you put on something and you feel like, oh, this fits, you know? And
2: Yeah, and it does seem logically like it could be one of the factors that is motivating you to maintain your weight
1: yeah yeah 100 you know? well i'm curious Micah. let us know what you decide and uh you know because he was saying is it an incentive to stay in a certain range so yeah i'm, I'm curious how how micah does with that
2: it could be yeah. hopefully it is yeah <laughs> you know, i feel <laughs> i feel like at a loss um i wanted it to be and it wasn't but i also think like that kind of thing in general when i when i didn't have a, a a good plan nothing was my kids weren't you know i gained my wife wasn't so i you know i think that um the long term plan you have is is a better incentive because it doesn't require an incentive because that's just what you're doing yeah. if that makes sense um so if you're, <clears throat> if you're clinging to weight loss right now and thinking like, well, if I go out and buy new clothes, then I'll have to maintain, uh, I, that's just not how I would think about it. I would think about it in a different way of like, what is my plan? Does my plan facilitate me not gaining weight? And then like, yeah, the clothes are secondary. Do I need new clothes? Yes. These are two separate issues, you know? Right.
1: Yeah, good point. Good point. Well, thank you, Micah, for your question. If anyone else has a question, you can email it to us. Hello at americanglutton.net.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American
0: Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.